1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, a special edition of the CBS Evening News.
2: We're here on one of the largest warships in the world, a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier that has just returned from the South China Sea. And just today, CBS News learning the Pentagon plans to increase the number of troops in Taiwan as the independent island hopes to hold off Chinese aggression. Tonight, aboard the USS Nimitz with 5,000 of America's finest. The concern tonight about the possibility of a new Cold War, this time with China. A U.S. WARNING CHINA MAY SEND WEAPONS TO RUSSIA FOR THE WAR IN UKRAINE, AS THE WORLD MARKS ONE YEAR OF PUTIN'S INVASION.
3: WE ESTIMATE THAT THEY WILL TRY TO DO SOMETHING ON THIS FEBRUARY.
2: WITH TENS OF BILLIONS OF TAXPAYER DOLLARS GOING TO UKRAINE, CBS'S DAVID MARTIN REPORTS ON ITS IMPACT ON AMERICA'S READINESS.
4: FOR A COUPLE OF KEY ITEMS, THE stockpile IS GETTING LOW. Richard Alexander Murdoch wishes to take the stand. I didn't shoot my wife
5: or my son anytime, ever. Severe winter weather stretching from coast to coast. The cold air comes charging in on Friday, setting the stage for a huge winter storm in the west.
3: This is a special edition of the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from the USS Nimitz.
2: Good evening, and thank you for joining us. Tonight, we're broadcasting live aboard the USS Nimitz. And while we can't give you our exact location, we can tell you we are here in the Western Pacific Ocean. We landed here just moments ago after boarding a C2 Greyhound in Guam and landing on the deck of this massive aircraft carrier that stretches nearly 1,100 feet long. That's more than three football fields. And about this exact location on the ship, it's called Vulture's Row. It is a viewing platform high above the flight deck where the crew and others can observe the flight operations below. Today, the world is marking one year in the war in Ukraine when Russia unleashed the largest ground invasion in Europe since World War II. We've got reports tonight from Ukraine with CBS's Charlie Daggett and from the Pentagon with CBS's David Martin who takes an in-depth look at the billions of dollars in military aid for Ukraine. All this as the U.S. prepares for a potential conflict with China. Tonight, the U.S. is confirming that they're going to be sending additional troops to Taiwan. That is big news. It is historic because the troops will deploy to the crucial island to help build out a training program amid increasing tensions with China. It's here in the Western Pacific where America's naval power is on full display. The USS Nimitz, with more than 60 planes and 5,000 sailors, Guam is where we took off from this morning. It is considered the tip of the spear, one part of the Marianas, a strategic location used during World War II to launch the bombs that forced Japan to surrender. Today, Guam houses three military bases, Air Force, Navy, and now a new home to 5,000 Marines, the first new U.S. military base in 70 years, part of a new buildup in the region. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announcing earlier this month the U.S. will expand its military presence in the Philippines.
5: That's just part of our efforts to modernize our alliance. And these efforts are especially important as the People's Republic of China continues to advance its illegitimate claims in the West Philippine Sea.
2: Take a look at America's military might, from Guam to Japan to the Philippines, the Chinese foreign minister complaining again this week that it's all an effort to contain China and prevent it from controlling Taiwan.
6: democracies of the world will stand guard over freedom today, tomorrow and
3: forever.
2: China and Russia declared just over a year ago a no-limits friendship, Presidents Xi and Putin set to meet again soon. These pictures show war games and joint naval drills involving China and Russia happening right now. How closely is Xi Jinping and China watching the war in Ukraine?
1: Xi Jinping is likely watching the war in Ukraine very closely because it has both economic implications for China, diplomatic implications for China, and military implications for China.
2: Toshi Yoshihara has spent his career studying the Chinese Navy. He says Xi Jinping is learning lessons as the Chinese president considers invading Taiwan.
1: The first is the nuclear saber-rattling that Putin engaged in at the outset of the conflict. Now, while Putin's uh, nuclear threats did not stop the West from helping Ukraine, I think it was clear that the United States and its NATO allies were very cautious, took Putin's words seriously. And so Xi Jinping might learn that it might be to China's benefit to similarly engage in early nuclear threats.
2: Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher is a Marine veteran and chairs the new House committee focused on China. One of the lessons of Ukraine is that when dictators tell you they're going to do something, you should pay attention. President Biden has pledged to defend Taiwan, setting the U.S. and China up for a possible conflict this decade.
6: If this thing really escalated into a conflict between our navies, that would entail a level of destruction and death that we haven't seen for a long, long time.
2: We're seeing firsthand how the Navy is preparing for that possible conflict in the Western Pacific. We'll have much more for you tomorrow and soon on 60 Minutes. Tonight, CBS News has learned that the U.S. believes Russia will mark the one-year anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine with a barrage of missile and drone strikes. CBS's Charlie Daggett was in Ukraine one year ago when Russia launched the largest ground invasion since World War II. And he reports tonight from Kyiv.
6: Today, Ukrainian troops withstood relentless Russian bombardment in Vuhledar, south of Bakhmut, which has been reduced to smoldering ruins after months of heavy battle. This is what Russia's lightning advance has come to, a grinding crawl, a far cry from a year ago when U.S. intelligence predicted the capital, Kyiv, would fall within 96 hours. We are on the balcony of our safe house in Kyiv at around 5 a.m. when Russian President Vladimir Putin announced the start of a special military operation. Moments later, thunderous explosions echoed throughout the country. The Russians had launched airstrikes across the nation and ground offensives on multiple fronts. When Russian forces advanced toward the capital, Hundreds of thousands tried to flee.
4: We tried to stop the panic in our streets. People will be fleeing to the to the border, and it will be the obstacle for our armed forces to move quickly.
6: On those streets of Kiev, President Volodymyr Zelensky made it clear he was staying put. Instead, he urged citizens to take up arms, which they did by the thousands. Hastily erected barricades and checkpoints went up everywhere, manned by jittery volunteers with guns drawn. Overnight, the lives of millions of Ukrainians changed forever. And the global repercussions of Russia's invasion now extend far beyond the battlefields of Ukraine. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky expressed his gratitude to President Biden during his unannounced visit here this week for America's support and weapons. But, Nora, frontline soldiers tell us they're running out of ammunition in the face of a new Russian offensive.
2: Charlie Daggett, thank you. With the war now entering its second year and the U.S. continuing to provide rockets, guns and ammunition, there is a growing concern that the U.S. might not have enough military hardware to defend itself and its allies if needed. CBS's David Martin is at the Pentagon where a recent war game showed the U.S. would run out of a key weapon while trying to stop a Chinese invasion of Taiwan.
4: The production line at the Lockheed Martin plant in Arkansas is gearing up to turn out one new rocket every 10 minutes. It's part of the $30 billion in weapons the U.S. has committed to Ukraine, but just a fraction of the Pentagon's staggering $858 billion defense budget. This is darn close to being the biggest defense budget that we have ever had. Since World War II, the only time the U.S. spent more on defense was at the height of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Aaron Thompson of the Lexington Institute says nearly a third of that is spent on weapons. That is an amount of money that outstrips the entire economy of most European countries. Yet the Pentagon is hard-pressed to keep Ukraine supplied with ammunition. For a couple of key items, the stockpile is getting low. What does low mean? Uh, we're at a level where uh, the risk for other war plans becomes great. Retired Marine Colonel Mark Kansian of the Center for Strategic and International Studies says Ukraine's use of artillery shells far outstrips the Pentagon's capacity to make them. They're using about as much in a month as we produced in a year. If the U.S. can't keep Ukraine supplied in its fight against a decrepit Russian military, what would happen to American forces in a war against the number one threat, China? The United States was critically short of a couple of key munitions, particularly uh, long-range anti-ship missiles. Kansian recently directed a war game in which the U.S. tried to stop a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. Did the U.S. in these war games actually run out of these long-range anti-ship missiles? Um, Yes, the U.S. ran out of these, these missiles in the first few days of the war. Even though it ran out of the missiles, the U.S. won the war game by stopping the Chinese invasion but lost dozens of ships, hundreds of aircraft, and thousands of troops. Nora.
2: David Martin, thank you. Now to the day's other top stories. More than 20 million Americans are feeling the impact of two powerful winter storms. It's not just blizzard-like conditions, but freezing cold. Some places saw temperatures 40 degrees below normal. The Midwest is getting the worst of it, and CBS's Christina Ruffini
5: is in hard-hit Minneapolis. From mountains of snow in Minneapolis to a blown transformer in Detroit. The February cold snap is sending shivers across the U.S. Frozen fallout has left a million people without power. In Michigan, a volunteer firefighter was killed after coming into contact with a downed power line. Heavy snow collapsed part of this parking garage in Wisconsin, while the bitter cold broke centuries old records in parts of Colorado, South Dakota, and Wyoming, where it was negative 26 degrees. Separate storms slid across the west, dropping nearly 11 inches of snow in Portland, close to a record. Sin City got a smattering.
4: Let it snow, let it, well, let's just say flurry.
5: And there was a hail of, well, hail in L.A. We're talking like. More than 1,000 flights canceled and more than 4,000 delayed.
4: We've changed our flights three times, three times, and now this is going to be the fourth.
5: Now, as folks around here start to dig out, another storm is heading towards California. The Golden State could get as much as a foot, and the National Weather Service has issued its first blizzard warning for the Southern California mountains since 1989. Nora?
2: Christina Rafini, thank you. It was a big day in the double murder trial of disgraced former attorney Alec Murdoch. Murdoch took the stand sobbing at times. He surprisingly admitted he lied to police. CBS's Scott McFarlane was in the South Carolina courtroom.
4: The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yes, ma'am.
3: Just moments after taking the stand, Alec Murdoch, part of a family legal dynasty in South Carolina, denied being a murderer.
4: I didn't shoot my wife or my son any time. Ever.
3: But he admitted lying to police about being at the crime scene, the family's dog kennel, just before the killings. He blamed paranoia and an opioid addiction.
4: You continued lying after
7: that night, did you not?
4: But once I lied, I continued to lie, yes, sir. Why? You know, oh, what a tangled web we weave. His attorneys played
3: Murdoch's 911 call that night in June
4: 2021.
8: Did they shoot themselves? Oh, no, hell
3: no. He testified he'd attempted suicide. I meant for him to shoot me so I'd be gone. And acknowledged stealing money from his legal practice.
4: I was spending so much money on pills
3: prosecutors argue he killed to distract from his financial misdeeds. And late today, they sought to poke holes in Murdoch's credibility.
0: You had to sit down and deal with these people and convince them that you were telling them the truth in order to steal this money, correct?
4: I can't say that. I can say I did wrong. I stole money that wasn't mine and I shouldn't have done it.
3: His surviving son testified Murdoch was a loving father. He sat with other relatives who were in the courtroom today and grew emotional when Murdoch did. Cross-examination resumes here tomorrow. Nora?
2: Scott McFarlane, thank you. A TV reporter covering a homicide in Florida is fatally shot. The shocking details, next.
7: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible
2: We're back now aboard the USS Nimitz in the Western Pacific. Tonight, investigators outside Orlando, Florida, are trying to unravel another senseless shooting rampage that left three people dead, including a nine-year-old girl and a TV reporter. CBS's Manuel Bohorcas is there.
8: Just released police body cam video shows Orange County Sheriff's deputies arresting 19-year-old Keith Melvin Moses, the suspected shooter.
3: We recovered a Glock 40 semi-automatic handgun from inside of his pants. That gun was still
8: hot to the touch, meaning it had just been fired. He's accused of murdering a woman Wednesday morning in this Orlando neighborhood, only to return hours later and open fire on a news reporter and photographer covering the story, and then a mother and child in a nearby home. In the end, nine-year-old Tiana Major was killed, along with Spectrum News 13 reporter Dylan Lyons. Fellow journalists were shaken.
1: We go home at night afraid that something like this will occur. Colleagues and friends
8: are now paying tribute to Lyons, who was 24 years old and engaged to be married.
3: He loved the community, telling the stories of people reporting on the news, and he was just passionate about what he did.
8: Jesse Walden, the news photographer and the mother of the 9-year-old girl remain in this hospital tonight. The sheriff said the suspect has a long criminal history, but he's not talking, so they haven't been able to determine a motive yet. Nora.
2: Manny Bohorkas, thank you. Federal investigators released their preliminary report into that toxic train derailment in Ohio. That's next. The other big story today, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg visited the site of that toxic train derailment in Ohio just as federal investigators released their preliminary findings. Their report confirms that a wheel bearing severely overheated to more than 250 degrees above normal. The crew received an alert and tried to slow down just before the wreck. State environmental officials now estimate that more than 40,000 fish have died from toxic contamination in nearby waterways. There's a big development in the special counsel investigation into the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. CBS News is first to report that federal prosecutors have asked a federal judge to compel former Vice President Mike Pence to testify in that investigation. Lawyers for former President Trump are trying to block Pence's testimony, arguing that private conversations with the president should remain confidential. When we come back, we'll check in with a family that fled the violence in Ukraine and found comfort and safety in the home of a stranger. That's next.
1: OK, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
6: Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
5: Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that.
2: finally tonight, as we mark one year of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we wanted to check in on a family we met while visiting Poland last year. When we first met Ola, her family had just fled the violence in Ukraine. The family left in such a hurry, with only a few clothes, leaving behind loved ones, including their dogs and cats. Last year, Ola told us she didn't know where they were going or where they would end up, but were happy to be in Poland. One year later... Wonderful to see you. We're also so glad to see you. They're still in Poland, in the same house with a woman who was once a stranger. Barbara, a retiree in Warsaw, gave up her bed for the family of four. Has Barbara become a part of your family? Yes,
6: it's a part of our family, number one.
2: Little Rima and 18-year-old Veronica are both in school, learning Polish and doing well. But the memories of their old life linger. I left my best friend Anya at my private school. A year ago, they were happy to have a place to stay. But now, with no end in sight for the war, the hope of returning home is diminishing. Ola, what is your hope for the future? It's I
0: hope it's the so war so will so. end soon, and I know that it's going to take some time
2: to recover, but I believe that my country is strong. Strong like Ola, leaving all she knows behind and starting over. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. From the USS Nimitz in the Western Pacific Ocean, I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night.